Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Wherever you find American troops today, you'll find the men of the Transportation Corps. Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful servicemen are members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the lines. The Army Ordnance Corps. Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Once again, I am Sergeant First Class Adam Ross, Public Affairs NCOIC for 19th Expeditionary Sustainment Command. And on today's episode, we are once again joined by the Team 19 Retention Team. It's been a little bit since you've been by, and we've got some new faces in retention, uh, starting with Sergeant Major Winter Washington, and we have a familiar face with Master Sergeant Matt Savage, and uh, another new face, we have Sergeant First Class Samantha Recker. So to all of you, thanks for joining us once again, bringing some good information about retention. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Good morning. <laughs> What's up? All right, so Sergeant Major, you were, you were talking uh, before we started about kind of your uh, – your call to action for the the day, to kind of to get everyone uh, in the in the right mood for in the morning. So, can you tell? Can you go back to that? What what your philosophy is on that? Absolutely. So every day, I see every day as a new year. You know how each year, come December thirty first, everybody has their New Year's resolutions on how they want to be great for the following year. Well, my philosophy is. Every day is a new year. So with that being said, that's a, that's a day for fresh opportunities, a, a change, a new beginning, anything that you've done um, before today, any mistakes, anything you didn't quite get right. When you get up a fresh day and start the morning, you come into it with optim- optimism and just know that anything you wanted to accomplish or get right, this is your chance to, to get it done. And with that being said, the first step in that is self-development and some areas that everyone should like uh, set their mind to do is first, we all have to know ourselves. Um, journaling, that helps. Practicing gratitude and being thankful, that's another area. And one more is to become an early riser. Now, we get up early anyway to do PT. You know, we should be doing that. But even on the weekends, like start the day off early, get everything accomplished, and don't procrastinate. So those are a few of my, um, my thing, the things that I do each day, and it works. So I'm pretty sure it will work for others as well. I hope it'll work for my son. I'm going to have my son listen to that part. Maybe he's he's not an early riser. He's very much a procrastinator. So I've given up on changing his ways. So maybe maybe your your uh, your pep talk will help him. So Sar- Sergeant Recker, um, any any early thoughts on uh, how we're going to close out this month strong? Well, I think it's about communication. Uh, it is not whether we are not here to sell a reenlistment. We are here to take care of soldiers. Um, every individual person is a, in fact, a person when they take off this uniform. And it's important for us to ensure that they understand that I don't get paid to, to keep people in the Army. I get paid to make sure that people have a, a plan, a solid plan. 
And that is what it takes. When we are down to the, the last couple of days of a fiscal year, it's not about trying to get the last few minute reenlistments. It's about trying to make sure that the soldiers that are the closest out the door have that appropriate in-depth person-to-person counseling so that they are prepared if they do choose to take those boots off and go fi- find a different career path. It is our job as career counselors, not retention NCOs, career counselors to make sure that they have that ready. Okay, excellent. Siren Savage, anything else to add? Can you top that? I, I can't top it, you know? I mean, if, if we're talking about closing out the month, and for us it's closing out the year, right? They're, the big thing for us is we've had a heck of a run. Um, this last year has been amazing. And just to see the sustainers and the MPs that we have retained in the Army um, is absolutely outstanding. And it goes – it doesn't go to the retention team. You know, it goes back to the commands, the organizations, and the soldiers that honestly want to stay either on Team 19 or Team Army. Um, and that that shows kind of why we've promoted for the last year, right, uh, why Korea is the assignment of choice, why we are doing something that elsewhere in the Army they aren't doing. Um, we're doing something right for all these soldiers to want to stay. So we continue to lead the way for our category in the SAR Major of the Army's retention category. We continue to show why we're doing things right and we're implementing changes. So for me, personally, it's not about ending the the month off strong. It's uh, starting October 1st. So that's what I'm excited for. Okay, good stuff. And we usually also start out our episodes kind of getting to know our guests. Um, Sergeant Savage had his turn uh, way back on episode three, I think two or three. So you can we'll plug that one. You can go back and listen to that one, hear more about Sergeant Savage. So Sergeant Major Washington, um, you and I have a little bit of history because I was once upon a time there was a uh, a staff sergeant Ross in one of your mobile retention classes. So I know there's there's probably a lot of soldiers out there who have benefited from your your wisdom. What what else can you tell me about your your army career? Okay, so basically, I've been in army for twenty two years, actually a little bit over twenty two years. Um, I started my career off as an eighty eight Mike for ten years. Uh, then, of course, my basic training AIT at Fort Leonard Wood at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Had multiple duty assignments. Deployed four times, actually five now. Uh, four being combat, one being non combat related. Um, some of my highlights during my career is when I had the opportunity to be a instructor, which is when I actually traveled around the installations across the Army and taught the DA mobile retention training. It was also known as, uh, uh, before it was known as just retention training. So I've met a lot of soldiers. It was very rewarding because I take joy in the soldiers. That's where my focus is. Leaders Love them. I love everyone. However, my focus is normally on the soldiers because I want to be um, an inspiration. I attempt to be an inspiration for them to get to where I am. And I like to provide them with the tools and the knowledge or anything that I can contribute to help propel them into their destiny to hopefully become a sergeant major if this is their desire. Um, So that is my spiel on me and this isn't your first time in korea right no i'm glad you asked how could i forget so my combat patch that i wear is second id so basically i was here 
twice before, not in Daegu. I was actually stationed up north, all the way up north by the DMZ. If any old timers are still in the army and remember there was a camp called Camp Edwards. It was the last camp that females could go to close to the DMZ. Um, and I was there. So I had already been in Korea my second time, my second actually being stationed here. I was... Um, I was on my 11th month. It was time for me to start preparing to go home. I'm ready. And then we got the call that, uh, nope, everybody, stop, hope, freeze. We are deploying to Iraq, Sadr City, Iraq. So we had to stop. Everybody picked up from Korea, and we deployed straight to Iraq. We were supposed to be there for nine months, and then when we got to about month seven, we got notified, nope, you're not leaving at nine months. You're extended another three months, so we had to do 15 months, and it was terrible. Oh, <laughs> Lord, it was terrible. It's Sutter City. It was what y'all were seeing all over the news back when the war first kicked off. That's what we did, and from there, we bounced to um, Fort Carson, Colorado, and we're the only, we were the only brigade uh, within the Army to ever have to deploy from Korea straight to another hard, hard hazardous duty area. Yeah. So interesting, yeah. yeah, part of history. And so you, and then that brigade, you went to from Iraq to Fort Carson, and then they ended up at Fort Lewis, right? Or did they permanently relocated to yes. Fort Carson? They permanently okay. re, uh, relocated to Fort Carson, and back then they were up under Fourth ID. Fourth Brigade at the time when we first got there. Hmm. Wow. Okay. And so, so on record, how, what brought you to the uh, career counselor career field? Uh, so I was a 15 Tango UH-60 Blackhawk mechanic for 13 years. I love turning wrenches. I love teaching people how to do it. Um, but I was a full-time retention NCO for six years, uh, working at battalion levels, still turning wrenches and teaching people how to fix helicopters. And uh, it came to a point in my 15 Tango career I didn't have anywhere to go, and I'm not a very stagnant person. I am a very active, on-my-feet type of person, and I love talking to soldiers. So I originally was going to reclass to a career counselor in 2015, uh, but I was not ready to give up my toolbox, and my soldiers were not ready to let me leave them. So I ended up staying a 15 Tango for four more years to do two more deployments and ensure that my soldiers that I was leaving was prepared to do that helicopter maintenance without me. Uh, 2019, I finally said, okay, I am a staff sergeant. I have checked the blocks in my career map for 15 Tango. I don't have anything else to do. I did positions that weren't typical positions for a 15 Tango to do. So I figured I would share the knowledge that I had gained and the leadership skills um, that were given to me through mentorship or, you know, different experiences in which I went through. And I decided to take the, take the leap and expand my ability to help soldiers um, from taking it off the hangar floor and being able to help more soldiers. Um, my biggest thing is I used to get in a lot of trouble from my first sergeant. He used to come to me all the time. So on record, these shops platoon sergeants, man, like why you keep talking to their soldiers? Well, because they're not giving them the answers they want. My, their soldiers want the same thing I'm giving mine. They want to talk about career maps. They want to know what they need to do. Um, so now as a career counselor, nobody can tell me no, because you tell me no, you're telling the, the saw major that I can't talk to your soldiers. So I think it is great. I think I love this job. I wouldn't want to do anything different. Um, I do still miss turning wrenches, but that's okay because I got a garage in my house, and <laughs> I'm now I'm just tearing apart engines on the weekends, you know. So, uh, 
So this is your first assignment as a career counselor? or So second? this is my second. Okay. Excellent. And uh, we're going to stay with you, Sarah and Recker. You brought some information about a new uh, program that's kind of exciting, the CIP. What can you tell us about that? All right. So the overview is pretty much that the Career Intermission Program is a retention-based initiative which allows soldiers to pursue personal goals or professional growth, you know, while providing a mechanism for a seamless return to active duty, right? So what, what it's saying is life happens. We are humans. When we take this jacket off and we, we put our boots on our shoe rack at the end of the day, we're people. We have lives. We have family. We have friends. We have desires, right? Uh, this program gives you an opportunity to go and handle those other situations that you have going on without being detrimental. It allows you an opportunity to take a break. You're, you'll join the IRR and you'll take some time off. And you're going to come back and you're going to, it's going to be, it's not, it's not negative. And that's the best thing about the CIPP is it's not negative. There's, you don't have to, you don't have to stop serving your country and, you know, doing what it is that you love to do. But at the same time, the army as a whole has realized that we really do need to put soldiers first sometimes and with that comes their family and their friends and their desires and their education and a lot of times you'll hear well on record i joined the army to go to school and now i can't go to school because the op tempo is too high but i really want to do this i tell people all the time i'm in the army until i grow up and i ain't getting any <laughs> taller right so it's not about my height it's not about my age it's not about you know me getting bigger it's about me being able to accomplish my my goals, right? My goal is to open a community-based facility for at-risk youth when I get out of the Army. But I knew that in order to accomplish that goal, I need the Army, right? Um, but this program gives you the opportunity to, in the event that I was not accomplishing that task that I, I needed to accomplish my goal, my end-state goal of opening this community-based facility, I can take that break and I can attend these school classes or these internships that I have to be present for and then still come back into the Army and finish my time out. And so the, the common example used for that program is attending school, but it doesn't have to be school. It could be like any any reason you want, right? Or is there certain criteria that have to... So it is pretty much for any reason. Um, everything has a justification, right? Everything you do in the Army is a request. Um, there's several different reasons that they've been used in the past, whether it's to pursue a degree, start a family, career, you know, care for a family member, um, aligned deployment cycles for dual military couples. Um, that is that is a really important tool. I was a dual military soldier for 10 years, and luckily enough for us, we had the same deployment cycle, but we have three children. So um, in the event that we were off, this would have been beneficial for, you know, me personally. Um, but you can learn a skill. Go to a trade school. Do your internship. Uh, you have um, broadening assignments or religious reasons. Um, sometimes some people just need a sabbatical. We've been, some people have been doing this for a minute, and they just need a break. We just need to reset. And, yes, we, we get leave, and, you know, some people will take their 30 days leave. But, I mean, let's be honest, how many, how many leaders have over – you know, 70, 80 days worth of leave because we're not taking it, right? Uh, I know Masson Savage over there sitting in the corner. He got like 117 leave days. I got 96 leave days. You know what I mean? So, and, and it's great that we are, we're here, but at the same time, 
this program is so that you can reset. Because sometimes when you take 30 days of leave, you're not resetting. You're handling whatever it was that got behind you while you were over here not taking leave. Hmm. And so um, soldiers interested in that, uh, talking to your team would be a good first step or what? So, so yes, they could absolutely come come talk to us about it. Um, it's we There is a website. It is HTTPS uh, talent t-a-l-e-n-t dot army dot mil and backslash c-i-p um and it, it'll gr- give you the information you need it'll tell you you know what is encompassed in it what are the requirements what is the contract um there is a contract that comes mm. with it um but uh that that is a very helpful website but by all means the retention office is open for any servicing career counselor's office to go talk to the c-i-p program Okay, great. And uh, we are going to take a little break and we're going to come back and talk retention team some more, talk a little self-development. So stay with us here on the Every Soldier Counts podcast. Phil Merchant here, the Command Safety Director for 19th ESC. Whether you want to call it a hoverboard, electric scooter, or even just the electric bike, it is imperative PTD operators are aware of their surroundings and understand the rules of the road in order to reduce the potential for accidents or endangering pedestrians. Hands-on familiarization has started. Keep your eyes peeled for training announcements or check with your unit leadership or additional duty safety officers. Welcome back to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Once again, we are joined by the Team 19 retention team. And Sar Major, you said you wanted to talk about self-development. What do you have for us with that? Yes, when it comes to self-development, the Army has this program. It's called the Performance Triad. It's known as the P3 program. And that is the Army's commitment to strengthen individual readiness um, to optimize performance through um, proper nutrition, activity, and sleep. So when you look at those three things, if you really, really think about it, those are three areas that you need for yourself, regardless if you're in the military, a civilian, no matter what profession you're in, you need those three things to optimize your performance regardless. So ensuring that uh, each, the goal is to try to get seven to eight hours of sleep. Now, I understand everybody's not able to do that. We got early risers getting up, going to the gym in the morning at four and working late. So that sometimes is not ideal for people to get that amount of sleep, even though that's what we should aim for. So another way to get at that is maybe on lunch breaks, if you can, go take your power nap real quick. Try to get you something to eat, which leads to the nutrition, eating right. All this processed foods, um, skipping over breakfast, eating one meal a day, unless, of course, you're doing some type of fast or whatever. Um, That's not good. That's not good for the health, and it slows you down, and it makes you kind of, your energy level goes down and so forth. So just making sure you try to eat right, uh, eat, try three, at least breakfast, because that starts today. At least breakfast, drink a lot of water, try to stay away from processed foods and a lot of sugar. That also brings on weight gain and things like that and staying active, the exercising. Uh, we should be trying to exercise at least five days a week. We should be doing PT Monday through Friday anyway, getting after. But still, I know sometimes people have um, 
commitments with work. But still, if you can't go in the morning, go in the afternoon, go at lunch, do something. Get up and walk around. If you have a, a job where you're, you sit at the desk all day, take a walk. Get out, reset, take a walk. Get some sun, some vitamin D. Um, all of those things, proper sleep, eating right, fruits, vegetables, and so forth. That's what we need to improve and optimize our performance in our daily duties. So, And that's a part of self-developing because you need that no matter where you go. So that's a start. Yeah, and I noticed, I think for me, I think it's easier to eat better in Korea because like, it's not like in the States where you go outside the gate and there's a Whataburger right outside the gate, you know, things like that. Like you kind of have to hunt for the, the bad foods here, it seems like. They're, certain, they're certainly out there, but you have to, have to work a little bit harder. Man, I think I had it the other way around, you know. Uh, I, I actually, so the Army, with the P3 and, you know, the holistic health and fitness we have, right, the army is kind of really changing to make us, I would say, warriors that are optimally trained, proficient. Like we're focusing on sleep, we're focusing on spiritual health, we're emotional health. Like the days of when we were all junior soldiers, like we always heard the stigma: don't go to behavioral health, don't do that. Now we we are pushing like go talk to somebody, you know, get power naps in at lunch, get whatever because they're starting to realize that sleep has a huge factor. Nutrition has a huge factor. And like, you're seeing soft units do it, right? And I just read, um, I wear the whoop band on my wrist and two ID um, out of seventh ID. Mm -hmm. So the, the two mm -hmm. BCTs at JBLM, they issued the whoop band to all the soldiers in those BCTs. And they've been monitoring their sleep and what, and then their strain, their daily strain. So whether it's going to the range, doing PT and everything like that. And how is the recovery from that, right? Based off their nutrition and everything. So me personally, I started doing this, I would say back in July, I lost 20 pounds. And, you know, eating in Korea, um, I love the food off post, but it's kind of like you said, you have to really hunt for it because one, I can't read half the stuff. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm getting, but Korea is full of sodium, you know, but shopping on the commissary and things like that. And we had the facilities here at the army wellness center um and not taking the show in a different road but you know that's why korea is the assignment of choice right that's why like we continue to i think stress that and every person you can have come on the show will talk about that but really like what do we have in our community what do we have to offer these soldiers and you're right it's not like being back in the states um for some of us our families are back in the states so this is the time where we can really change our lifestyle whether it's take this one year to pick up a book and you're like hey i'm going to start reading a couple pages every day um and now you're expanding your horizon whether it's military regulations whether it's you know the sma's reading list the cg's reading list whatever you're you're building your professional and your personal growth we're having facilities for fitness that are open 24 hours a day all you gotta do is scan a cat card right mm. so we have that we might not have a commissary that's fully stocked, but what we do have in the commissary is the perimeter shopping usually, not Greek yogurt all the time. That <laughs> I might cry about that. But outside of that, like, so everything Sergeant Major Washington just talked about, it's leading into, right, the soldiers I think we are actively retaining. Um, you know, 
I just came up with this line, I think, two seconds ago in my head. It says, we retain to sustain because, like, mm, that's like really that. what we're doing here, you know? <laughs> you heard we're, it here first. You heard it here first, first folks. We retain to sustain. That's going to be on my next T-shirt. <laughs> but we really are trying to sustain the force, right? We're not just sustainers in Team 19. We're, we're sustaining the force. We, we want to build a bigger, stronger, faster force, really a leaner, stronger, faster force. Um, Soldiers aren't what they were 18 years ago. We are getting way smarter soldiers now. Oh, yeah. So how do we utilize that? They want to know where they came from. They want to know the why. Uh, so our Major Bartlett and I always ask that. You know, It's not a soldier asking us, why do we do that? And they're being disrespectful. No, they just want to know. And it's our job as senior leaders, explain the why. And here's why we're doing health and fitness. And I think that, it, you know, We'll, we'll transition into it, but on record, we'll talk about the changes the Army's making, too. And I think we're doing all of this really to promote the soldiers and what continued service really should look like and how we take care of not only the soldier but their family and making Army a profession, not just, you know, a combat situation. Hmm. Yeah, you mentioned um, – for like unaccompanied soldiers, this is a time where they can really um, develop themselves. As someone who I do have my family here, and I chose this time to pursue my master's degree. Now I'm thinking those those uh, you know dependent restricted areas I went to for a couple of years. Maybe that's when I should have done it. You right? Because yeah. there's a lot less time. Well, here. you know, it's I love that you said your family is here. I think the hardest thing as a career counselor, um, and this is my second Oconus tour as a career counselor, and the number one thing I get is the soldiers that have their families, it's they. It's hard for me to explain to them why they should stay in the Army. And the number one reason, and I know, I know the Ross family isn't like this, and, I, I, and I'm going to explain why in two seconds. But the number one reason is there's nothing for us to do. We're, we're stuck on the base. We, I mean, Humphreys, there's people that have never been outside that gate, right? At least here... If you live on Walker, you got to drive to Henry. So at least you see Korea for 1.2 miles, right? But outside of that, Humphreys, those folks, some people never leave the gate. And I know the Ross family goes out and they see things, right? Myself, I go every weekend. If I'm not in a softball tournament, I'm going to Nam Hay. I'm going to see the bullfighting. And it seems like everything I do a week later, Hannah Tours is doing it. And it's like $20 more than when I did it by myself. So I encourage folks, especially if you're with your family, get out, see what, go to Hannah Tours, look at, take screenshot all their little books and then go do it yourself. Mm. Right? Like pensions are super cheap in Korea. Take your family places. Sergeant Wrecker loves hiking and the mountains here are great. She will not hike with me anymore because <laughs> somehow I continuously get us lost. But we were still alive. Mm-hmm. So I asked, but did we die? We did not. We did not die. However, <laughs> comma quote, we did not stay on the trail neither. Um, but I have only been here for three months and two weeks, and I have managed to hike over 154 miles worth of mountains in Korea, and I have biked over 237 in the three months and two weeks I've been here. Yeah, I was going to say, you haven't been here that long, but... (laughs) I am always... I do not sit in my room. um, And I hear a lot, the soldiers will say, well, Songbreaker, you have a car. I do have a car. Do you know what I use that car for? Grocery shopping. (laughs) 
The only time I drive my car is if I'm grocery shopping. That is because I live on one of the steepest hills. <laughs> and dragging that red wagon with four <laughs> cases of water, four gallons of cranberry juice, and all of my cooking food? No, nah, that's that's not that's not me. Um, that's uh, well beyond preparing for the ACFT. That sled drive is going to be nothing if I have to carry that red wagon up that hill. Um, so I walk. I walk everywhere. Um, if I'm not walking, I'm riding my bicycle. Uh, I love the bike path that they have over here. I'm going to ride my bike from Busan all the way to Seoul, which is 396 miles. We're going to put this event together. We're going to show soldiers what it is Korea has to offer. Korea is a great, amazing, beautiful place. Um, the issue is, is as Mount Sonar Savage was saying, is a lot of people aren't getting out, right? Mm. Um, and if you're not getting out to see what it has to offer, you're doing a disjustice to yourself. Uh, it is amazing. It is beautiful. Uh, I do not speak Korean, and I do not understand Korean. However, I have used Papago. I had a full-blown translated conversation through Papago app while I was hiking one day. I had a Korean group join me for lunch, and we shared food on this rock and we had a korean english translated conversation through papa go app on my phone hmm. it was amazing yeah there's a lot of reasons to to stay in korea to re-up and and moving away from that if you do want to re-enlist stay here there's some changes that are coming down the pipe with that that option what, what can you tell us about those so there are going to be some new changes as of one october um so one of the biggest changes is the fact of the Entry point for the NCO career status program, which is formerly known as INDEF. Um, a lot of people get a little intimidated when they hear the words INDEF. Uh, it used to be 12 years, and it's going to go down to 10 years. Um, and a lot of people are going to be like, oh, what's on record? Like, I'm only halfway through. When you go INDEF, it gives you more flexibility. So um, though they are lowering it from 12 years to 10 years, ask those Ask your service and career counselor those questions of what is the flexibility that INDEF provides you, right? And again, we don't call it INDEF anymore now. It's NCO Career Status Program or NCO CSP, um, but it is the same concept, right? Um, but if you don't know those questions, ask. Talk to your service and career counselor. They will explain to you what that flexibility is. That will be one of the biggest questions I'm sure that will come running through our office come 1, one October is, well, sorry, now I'm at 10 years. How come I don't get any options? Well, actually, you get more options. It's just not on a contract. Hmm. The other changes we're going to have is your reenlistment opportunity window is going to go from 15 months to 12 months. The Army has HQDA sat down and they went through the statistics. Like most people reenlist once they hit 12 months, when they have 12 months remaining. Um, yes, you still need to go to SFL TAP. Yes, those are still great opportunities for you. And again, career counselors are not here to sell you on staying in the Army. Career counselors are here to make sure that you have a plan in or out of the Army. But it gives you an opportunity to make that plan. The first time you come see your service and career counselor should not be when your window is open. You need to be talking to them. Ask them, how do you set yourself away from your peers? How do you set yourself apart? What do I need to do to be successful in or out of the Army? The window, that doesn't stop people from being able to progress, right? Um, so the row, yes, is changing from 15 to 12. But 
that should just encourage their soldiers to go speak to their service and career counselors um, prior to their window opening so that they can plan accordingly so they have that opportunity to do so. And then the final change is the extension. Minimum length to 18 months. It's currently 12 months. Um, so right now, pri- or up to tomorrow, you can extend for 12 months. Right? Um, they're going to get rid of that. They're going, the minimum is going to be an 18 month if you're in your row. With that is, if you think about it, if you are 12 months from your ETS, right, and you ask to extend for 12 months, you're adding 12 months to the backside of that ETS, right? But when you re-enlist and you still have 12 months left and you re-enlist for a minimum of two months, you're again only adding 12 months to this contract, Right, so by putting it to eighteen, what is, in at some points you you could find that it's actually more beneficial to do a reenlistment anyway, um, and that is a big misconception of the difference between a re- reenlistment and an extension. Is some people don't understand that when you reenlist, your the term the term length that you're reenlisting for starts the day you reenlist. So if you're reenlisting for twenty four months, you're twenty four months from that date of your signing that new contract. Whereas if you're extending, you're adding on to mm-hmm. the ETS date you currently have. So and and that's a that's a big misunderstanding of how what the difference of the two actions are. Okay. Anything um, either of you want to add on to that? You know, I, I think um, it's for Sergeant Major Washington and I, we've we've seen twenty uh, four month windows, we've seen fifteen month window, we've seen 12-month windows, we've seen some kind of a rolling window that, like, mm-hmm. you could talk to us then and then, but you can't talk to us here. You know, but here's the deal, right? The I like to think of it financially. 12 months out, when you're 12 months from your ETS date, no matter what day it is, if you're on the 365th day or you're on day one from your ETS date, your bonus will be higher than if you were 15 months out. Because how we calculate bonuses is you have to add at least 12 months past your current ETS date. And by doing that, you're going to get literally the next bump up. So if you do a three-year reenlistment and you're 12 months out, well, you're getting the 24 months bonus, right? Everyone thinks, well, this says 36 months and I'm doing a three-year reenlistment. I said, yeah, but we're only going to pay you for what you're adding. You already owe me 12 months, right? So when you look at the bonus message, and I understand not every bon- not every MOS gets a bonus, but when you look at it and you, you understand the math, we're, we're doing this really to make the biggest decision. And the, the bean counters up at the Pentagon really have looked at all the numbers and they've, they've witnessed most soldiers make their decision within 12 months. Um, is it going to be a little bit tougher in Korea? Maybe because the soldiers may not show up here within 12 months of their ETS date. Mm-hmm. Um, they might show up 15 months out. And, you know, then by that time they could be placed on assignment, whatever. But part of what Sergeant Major Washington, Sergeant Wrecker, the, the team is working on is when they in process, we're counseling them right away. We're implementing these changes so that they know their options. So when their window does open, we're ready to uh, go. And then we can talk to their branch manager and say, hey, they're planning to do this. And, you know, you were saying during the break coming up, you've got 
the ask em process coming up so your manning cycle is going to open and that's another thing that we're implementing with and working on you know right now initial term soldiers don't go into the manning cycle they work with retention mid-career soldiers are kind of that gray area um where we have to snatch you before you get to the manning cycle and then career soldiers um which Sergeant Record was talking about, these are the options that are afforded to the career soldiers, especially when they're in the career status program. Those programs are there. Mm. Um, so we not only just help you sign the contract, right, but we're the subject matter experts on all of these things, and we counsel everybody. Um, so I'm excited with the changes, um, and I know Sergeant Major Washington's excited with the changes. Yes. Because she wants to be number one in the Army again. <laughs> and we shall. <laughs> okay. And I just want to add on one thing about that career status program, formerly known as InDev, um, which Sergeant Major Record and Master Sergeant Savage already talked about. But I have to add, because a lot of people, they stray away from it. They're scared when they hear InDev or the career status program. The benefit to this program is one of my favorites is because um, – a, a, a soldier doesn't have to keep, once they're eligible to go into career status program, formerly known as in-depth, they don't have to keep going to their company commander asking for permission. Can I, can I stay team army? Can I keep my job? Can I keep my career? Nope. When they're in it, they're in it. Also, a lot of people who are going into the career status program, they feel like, well, how come I don't get options anymore? How come I don't get any options anymore? But everybody else does. Well, actually... Everybody who re-enlists, even if they come through a career counselor, um, they're only getting what the Army have available for them. It's just spun differently. It sounds differently. Like, oh, you can do regular Army. You can do stabilization. You can do um, Conan Station of Choice overseas. You can do all of these things. But people who are going to the, into the career status program... They get those same things, but they don't have to go through a career counselor be the, to be the spokesperson for them. They got their big boy, big girl pants on at this time. Now they can go straight to their branch manager and request and lay out their demands for what they want. And if the Army has it, they'll give it to them. If they don't, they'll tell them no. They'll give them why and, and offer something else for them. So to me, the career status program is now you, you've grown up into an adult you don't need anybody, a middle person, doing the talking for you. You go straight to the big dogs, HRC, to request what you want. So I just wanted to add that piece on. Okay, well, great. And uh, I know we talked about um, getting you out so you can go to the BLC graduation here on Camp Henry, speaking of taking care of soldiers. But I always want to thank all of you for coming by. And I know we'll see at least uh, a couple of you again. Um, I don't know if we'll get Sergeant Savage for the third time. We'll see. Maybe one more. Yeah. But I want to thank you again for joining us right here on the Every Soldier Counts podcast. Thank you. Thank you.